Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, a museum complex that documents the stories of Western Canada's agricultural settlement through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts among a six-acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 3,700 souls in a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers. A vibrant region of rolling prairie, foothills, the Rocky Mountains, the Pecani First Nation, Waterton Lakes National Park, the Crow's Nest Pass, and the Upper River Watershed of the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Join us in this podcast where we present walking tours of our buildings and hear the stories of the farmers, townsmen, cowboys, mounties, pioneer women, politicians, chroniclers, miners, railroaders, and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of Canada. Well, good morning and welcome to a special edition of Radio KBPV. And I guess uh, today's podcast could fit into several categories of our podcast formats. It could be part of Kootenay Brown Now, it could be part of Farley's Frontier Chronicles, and it also could be part of the, uh, the, the building tours that we've been doing. Just to not bury the lead, uh, today here in Pincher Creek, it's uh, February 18th, 2020. Three days ago, we woke up to the news that our iconic King Edward Hotel on Main Street in Pincher Creek was on fire. Now, when you first hear that news, you hope that, uh, well, you know, maybe it's just a small kitchen grease fire or something going on and uh, hopefully something can be put out. But unfortunately, that was not to be the case. In uh, about 3.45 a.m. on Saturday morning, you're in the middle of the night as it were, owner of the hotel, Dave McQuaig, received a trouble alarm and um, he did find out that uh, certainly the building was on fire and that there was uh, the indication that uh, there certainly was something going on. Um, naturally, he... All of the the entire hotel was evacuated. Uh, the few people had been staying there either permanently or or just occasionally. And as of this moment, all everyone was evacuated. Uh, so there was no life lost. So there is that. But through the morning of, uh, of February fifteenth, uh, Pincher Creek first responders were on site. The town was in an emergency mode. An Alberta emergency alert went out, um, both because of the, the the size of the building and the possible intensity of the fire, and of course the uh, the possibility of air quality. And those of you who know Pincher Creek know that one thing that is for certain in this area is wind, and we have had uh, some fairly intense winds in the past few days and weeks down Main Street. So that was certainly on everyone's mind. Fortunately, um, the wind did cooperate. Unfortunately, the blaze was contained and uh, as a self-contained fire, by 10 a.m. the building was 
pretty much rubble. All that was left you could see standing in pictures was the, the false front of the first floor and the massive chimney. Fortunately, the fire did not get out of control. Debris did not float away into the wind. So other buildings other than air quality were remained undamaged. But naturally, what does that mean? That leaves a very, very big hole on Main Street and a very, very big hole in Pincher Creek's history. If you go back to pioneering times, say around uh, the turn of the century to World War I, there were four hotels on that main street. The Arlington, the King Edward, the Alberta, and further on down uh, in the, the site of the, the old co-op site on, near the creek, there was the Waldorf. With the exception of the Alberta, which was built in 1885, all of those buildings are now gone. And the King Edward itself, I jokingly referred to something on the CBC, and I hope that uh, Dave doesn't, or the people of Pincher Creek don't take this as an offense. Uh, I said that this was the closest thing Pincher Creek had to a skyscraper, but I don't think I was meant that in a in an offhanded way. Uh, when you are, we're on Main Street, and we are from small town Alberta, certain things stick out. Certain things do stick, um, jut from the ground as part of the landscape. And certainly within the living memory of anybody who has ever lived or worked or been around Pincher Creek, the King Edward has always been there for 116 years. Um, I know myself, working at Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, uh, if you go out the front door, you look, you naturally sort of look to the west, and the first thing you saw was that massive red brick building extending several yards back towards the creek. This was not a small hotel. And we're going to miss it. As a repository for history, we here at KBPV document a lot of our past that is both tragic and triumphant. And we will have to remember February 15th, 2020, as one of the tragic, the tapestry of Pincher Creek and southwestern Alberta. The 116-year run of history has reached its final bookend as the King Eddie lies in ruins. Uh, we've had a long link with the King Edward, and even in recent years, we supported owner Dave McQuaig in his tremendous efforts to return the hotel to the splendor that we had in the archival photographs that we hold. And we've cheered the staff on as the balconies and profile were restored, a welcome sight to a small town Main Street. I know we as a staff have uh, visited the grill on several occasions, both separately and in uh, staff functions. At the car show in June, we always set up in front of the King Edward. We always set up our, uh, our, our headquarters in front of there for the, the car show and it was just one of those things and I, I know a lot of people around town have a lot of memories and a lot of photographs and linkages with that and I think in the coming days if coming weeks if there can be anything positive I think a lot of people will come forward with a lot of those memories as uh, as this tragedy evokes a lot of those bygone uh, and latent memories and surely we will all miss the King Edward and here at KBP as with all of southwestern Alberta's history 
We'll preserve the Grand Lady's legacy in our archives. And if you did not know, we do have a slight legacy on our museum grounds of the KE as a one of the false front profiles of the west facade of our main hub beer exhibit hall. And uh, we do have a few mementos and artifacts from the museum. Uh, the double Democrat wagon that was used to take people uh, from the hotel out to Pincher Station and back after their hotel stays were gone and as they were welcomed into town. We do have that. It's displayed in our uh, Verigan Dukabor barn. Uh, in our false front of the King Edward, we do have a balcony, and up that balcony you will see a mirror. And uh, that mirror was out of the original King Edward. And we also have a telephone switchboard that you can see on the lower level. And in past years, uh, owing to the name of King Edward, we have been um, sort of consolidating all of our royal photographs into that facade area. So there is that. And then, of course, there is the documentary history. Uh, if you look online on our Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village and on several other Facebook pages, uh, particularly uh, you know you grew up in Pincher Creek Memories page, um, some of those photographs have been appearing uh, from all different eras, from 1906 right up and through the 1940s, the 1970s, and of course in the renditions that uh, Mr. McQuaig performed in the past decade in his fabulous restoration. Now, right now, we, uh, we certainly support Mr. McQuaig and all of the staff of the King Edward Hotel. Um, right now, they're understandably in shock as they uh, try to figure out where they are, what will happen with the property, and um, just where they're going to go from there. So I'm sure there will be a lot of meetings with uh, insurance representatives and, uh, and other officials to see what will happen. But uh, we hope Dave stays in town and we hope that he does do something. It certainly will never be that tri-story uh, hotel that it was. Um, but we support anything that, uh, that he could come up with. Um, the Grill has been a tremendous place. Um, I know Leo's is a is a favorite night spot for many. And uh, to not be redundant, uh, it's it's just going to be a mist. It's going to be uh, sort of like a great big tooth missing right on Main Street. So to that end, what I'm going to do with the rest of this podcast is turn it over to reading one of Farley's uh, welcome histories. And if you know Farley, and I hope you do, Farley is dedicated to the building histories of, uh, of the many businesses and, uh, and structures of Pincher Creek. And um, he's got a pretty good article here. It's appearing this week in the Pincher Creek Echo, and I'm sure there will be something very similar in Shooting the Breeze, if not this week, then uh, possibly next week. And Shooting the Breeze has promised that they are going to be work on a special edition, and uh, I'm sure there will be some 
good pictures this week and uh, many, many latent memories that will come forth. So without further ado, we'll, we'll turn this over to Farley's Frontier Chronicles and the fabulous history of the King Edward Hotel. Farley's Frontier Chronicles presents the history of the King Edward Hotel as published on February 17, 2020. The King Edward Hotel was a landmark on Pincher Creek's Main Street for over a century. Its history speaks of the settlement's frontier heritage. The hotel's location on the north side of Main Street at the East Avenue corner was strategic. To its west were the Arlington Hotel and the impressive LaBelle Block. Across the street were the Union Bank and Bank of Commerce buildings. To their east was the two-story Scott Block. This was a busy portion of Pincher Creek's dusty downtown core during the pioneer days. The hotel's proprietor and builder, Jack Henderson, realized the economic value of the property chosen for the business. It was virtually guaranteed to have a high volume of traffic. The King Edward was built in 1904 and 116 years later, it was still an eye-catching structure. The timing of its construction had two implications, the first being its name. Often it was in vogue on the western Canadian frontier to name new to hotels after the reigning monarch, and this gave the structures a sense of permanence and importance in newly developed regions just developing their heritage. King Edward VII was the king of the British Empire from 1901 to 1910, so this hotel was built in the midst of his rule. The second impact of the hotel's construction was the economic boom with which the Pincher Creek area faced between the launch of the Crow's Nest branch of the CPR in 1898 and the outbreak of the First World War in 1914. The area was opened up to new homesteaders, immigrants, and business people. Settlement's population quadrupled to 1,200 people by 1911. So business conditions were ripe for another hotel to be established in Pincher Creek and Jack Henderson quickly took advantage of the situation on an entrepreneurial style. The structure was impressive right from the start and although it saw many interior renovations throughout the years, it retained its massive rectangular shape throughout its history. The three-story building faced onto the wooden boardwalk which skirted Main Street it ran more than 50 yards to the north. The facility's rear, rear virtually overlooked the meandering Pincher Creek. During the frontier era, impressive full-width second and third floor verandas were attached to the front of the building. That afforded guests to majestically view the streetscape, and the frontage was impressively decorated with banners during many an annual parade or patriotic event. The interior of the King Edward Hotel was also noteworthy. The building was steam heated throughout. A new innovation designed to keep the building comfortable for its guests. Henderson also had a telephone installed in the hotel which actually had long distance capabilities. This was a service he offered to his hotel guests and it was a true novelty before the First World War. Like the Arlington Hotel down the street, the King Edward also offered what you would call a bus service between its establishment. With the CPR trains traveling in and out of Pincher City, before motorized vehicles were the norm, a horse and stagecoach service provided transportation connection between the hotel 
with its nearest station and depot. Early furnishings in the hotel's lobby included three copper spittoons and a comfortable leather armchair, all of which are housed at the Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village. Sample rooms were also featured. They were regularly used by traveling salesmen to showcase their wares. One particular exhibit of a cultural nature was advertised in the Pincher Creek Echo. It was an art display with photo enlargements offering Pincher Creek consumers a choice selection of the most up-to-date moldings, oval frames, and reproductions of the old masters. Sponsored by the Alberta Pic Picture Gallery from Lethbridge's Hull Block, it was seen in the King Edward's sample room in April 1919. The King Edward also had its own distinctive letterhead for official correspondence, advertised as the Northern Gateway to Waterton Lakes National Park. This was in keeping with its appearance as Pincher Creek's commercial class hotel. The hotel's main floor housed the lobby, dining room and bar. Table and bar service was advertised as unsurpassed. Special menus were offered in the dining room. Now Christmas 1917 was a prime example. Dinner was served from 12.30 to 2 p.m. with a price tag of 75 cents per customer. That was a reasonable enough rate for cost-conscious families during the First World War. Appetizers included blue points with sliced lemons, sweet pickles, salted almonds, French mustards and fresh celery. Salads featured fruit salad with pineapple, dressed dressing accompanied by cucumber and tomato salad with French dressing. Highlighting the entrees were young turkey with cranberry sauce and domestic goose with applesauce. Steamed and mashed potatoes and asparagus tips were the vegetables served. Ever favorite desserts were green apple and hot mince pies, English plum pudding with brown sauce, Christmas cake, jellies topped with whipped cream, seasonal fruit, cluster raisin and mixed nuts. Christmas dinner selections were bound to appeal to the most discriminating pioneer palates. On the second and third floors of the hotel were housed the guest sleeping quarters. Rooms went for $2 a day in 1906. Now though the original construction of the King Edward would could be said to be state of the art, by August 1927 extensive renovations were in order. An innovative change was dividing the billiard room from the bar with the billiard room being provided with public access from Main Street. Improvements to the plumbing system were also installed. L.B. de Prateau had extensive experience as a restaurant and dining room proprietor both in Canada and the United States, and Prateau took over the dining room's operation. Under his tutelage, the hotel's dining room reverted to the European system where guests paid for what they ordered. The dining room's hours were extended to 24 hours a day. Qualified service staff was sought to supplement De Prato's work, and further improvements were offered to the dining public the following summer. By 1929, the King Edward offered to cater its dining facilities for banquets and luncheons, and the philosophy was to make the facility a community hotel. Special Sunday dinners at 12 noon and 6 in the evening had menus serving turkey, chicken, and the various edibles of the season. This service continued for several years into the 1930s. When Arthur Davies took the, over the hotel's management in 1944, the dining room's hours were extended to serve breakfast starting at 7.30 in the morning. The King Edward Hotel was well patronized over the years, 
guest lists from June 1929 indicated that 25 golfers from Blairmore registered one Sunday afternoon. Out-of-town visitors that season included regular traffic from Lesbridge and Calgary, as well as from such rural points as Drywood and Carmengay. Points further afield included guests from Medicine Hat, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Vancouver. Many individuals had family connections in the Pincher Creek area, but in spite of the patronage, the hotel management had concerns about the level of business taxes levied on it from the town. Years earlier, in August of 1916, the hotel made a presentation to council requesting that the levy be lowered. The municipal response was sympathetic, noting that revenues had gone down throughout the community due to competition from local boarding houses and the implementation of prohibition. Now the hotel staff saw a number of esteemed pioneers come through its doors over the years. Jack Henderson, who had served as the original owner from the construction through to the mid-1920s, was born in May of 1867 in Ireland and immigrated to Canada at the age of 22. His wife Margaret was born in Ontario in August 1854. Jack Henderson's personal earnings from the hotel's operation in 1910 amounted to $1,000. The ownership and management of the King Edward Hotel changed in the late autumn of 1926 when it was acquired by the English-born Richard Harris, who was also the longtime manager and subsequent owner of the competitor, the Arlington Hotel. His bold venture won public accolades in the Pincher Creek Echo. With the two hotels just a few doors apart, Harris found it easy to look after both operations. However, the joint proprietorship changed shortly, as both indices came under corporate ownership of the Kuschel Hotel Company, primary sh shareholder Paul Kuschel. Further developments took place in January 1929 when the company founder pulled out of the business. Mr. T. Flaherty, who had previous hotel experience in the Strathcona area of Edmonton, was appointed the King Edward's new manager. Mr. and Mrs. Flaherty took up residence on the hotel, and another manager from that area was Alfred Sippel and his family, who were also active in the Baptist Church. In the late 1930s, the King Edward was managed by Stan Walker and his wife. They retired to live on the West Coast in December 1943 and were succeeded by Art Davis and his family. The early employees were numerous, but two that we can speak of were Alice Waits and Mary Gamache, who worked as domestic servants at the King Edward in 1910. Alice Waits was born in England in 1890, and she earned $180 in annual wages working at the hotel. Mary Gamache saw $240 in yearly earnings. Jack DeMeyer served as a valued clerk with the King Edward. He was born in Nebraska and came to Pincher Creek in 1914. And war veteran John Hall was also a clerk of the establishment, having previously worked at both the Alberta and the Arlington hotels. And as spoken at the outset of this podcast, tragically we have lost the King Edward Hotel very recently on Saturday, February 15th, 2020. And this closed a very intriguing 116 years of pioneer history. The King Edward is gone, but long live the King.
Thank you for listening to Tales of Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. This episode was researched and written by historians Farley Wood and Gord Tolton. This podcast is recorded and engineered by Gord Tolton. Episodes can be found at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcatcher. Visit our website at www.kootenaybrown.ca. Kootenay is spelled K-O-O-T-E-N-A-I. Also, visit and join our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information on our museum or even better, visit us at 1037 Beverly McLaughlin Drive in beautiful Pincher Creek, Alberta.